Un beaucoup plus, monsieur le comte, répondit le régisseur. Vos pauvres touchent de vous plus que l'État ne vous demande. Un petit drôle comme mouche glane ses deux boisseaux par jour, et les vieilles femmes que vous diriez à l'agonie se trouvent à l'époque du glanage, de l'agileté, de la santé, de la jeunesse. Vous pouvez être témoin de ce phénomène, dit Sibylé en s'adressant à Blondet, car dans six jours la moisson, retardée par les pluies du mois de juillet, commencera. Les seigles vont se couper la semaine prochaine. On ne devrait glaner qu'avec un certificat d'indigence donné par le maire de la commune et surtout les communes ne devraient laisser glaner sur leur territoire que les indigents. Mais les communes d'un canton glanent les unes chez les autres sans certificat. Si nous avons soixante pauvres dans la commune, il s'y joint quarante feignants. Enfin les gens établis eux-mêmes quittent leurs occupations pour glaner et pour aleboter. Ici, tous ces gens-là récoltent trois cents boisseaux par jour. La moisson dure quinze jours. C'est quatre mille cinq cents boisseaux qui s'enlèvent dans le canton. Aussi, le glanage représente-t-il plus que la dîme. Quant au pasturage, quant au pâturage abusif, il gâche environ le sixième du produit de nos prés. Quant au bois, c'est incalculable. On est arrivé à couper des arbres de six ans. Les dommages que vous souffrez, monsieur le comte, vont à vingt et quelques mille francs par an. « Eh bien, madame, dit le général à la comtesse, vous l'entendez N'est-ce pas exagéré ?» demanda madame de Montcornet. « Non, madame, malheureusement, répondit le curé, le pauvre père Niseron, ce vieillard à tête blanche qui cumule les fonctions de sonneur, de bédo, de fossoyeur, de sacristain et de chantre malgré ses opinions républicaines. Enfin, le grand-père de cette petite Geneviève que vous avez placée chez madame Michaud. »« La Péchina ?» dit Sibylée en interrompant l'abbé. « Quoi ?» La Péchina demande à la comtesse, que voulez-vous dire Madame la comtesse, quand vous avez rencontré Geneviève sur le chemin dans une si misérable situation, vous vous êtes écrié en italien, Piccina. Ce mot-là devenu son sobriquet, c'est si bien corrompu qu'aujourd'hui toute la commune appelle votre protégé la Péchina, dit le curé. La pauvre enfant est la seule qui vient à l'église avec Madame Michaud et Madame Sibylle. Hello, pilgrims and travelers on the funny path of life. Calling, calling. I'm recording this on a humid morning today. Uh, as we had rain. <laughs> we had rain. Uh, not too much, maybe, I don't know, three hours or so. But everything is nice and wet. You know, dust uh, has settled. So, and I'm now, I think it was Friday, last Friday, I was taking this trail and I didn't go as far down. So I've, I've uh, you know, I've submitted my first, uh, I don't know, five or so hundred feet. And I'm dropping them at least, if not more. And I'm going to turn around and walk it back up. So I'm looking at increasing a little more my, uh, my ascent, you know. Uh, the legs are definitely still getting a beating, but they are getting used to it. So, and I'm not racing also, so taking my time. So, I had my rain jacket and my beanie because there was quite a bit of cloud formation, almost like fog, but uh, up in the air. And different, definitely a different ball game than now, where most of it is gone. The sun is still hiding behind some, but that's going to change soon. So, temperatures are warming up. In the next three days here, 
It's more than likely, that's my guess, it's going to be the coldest we're going to get. It's going to get to freezing. But uh, you, you can tell after that uh, little wave, cold front, temperatures are going to go up to the 20. So we're looking at a 2-3 degree bump in temperature. And uh, anywho, so yeah, winter is pretty much over down here. Uh, that's my guess. Anywho, a couple of things. One about my uh, intermittent fasting. I was thinking about that and I keep uh, forgetting to bring it up. One of the reasons is that I have chosen not to write any more notes, not to be like, ooh, that could be a nice topic to talk about. I just want what's, you know, what's staying with me is what I want to bring up and talk about. And if not, then I guess it wasn't that interesting in the first place. Oh, it's going to metamorphose itself later on into something else or morph itself into something else. And then it will become more interesting, more meaty, shall we say. So, about intermittent fasting. Really, my, uh, my main focus was not actually to lose weight. Although it's part of it now. I'm actually, you know, every, every day with myself and... Uh, well, I have a feeling that the way that I'm going, I'm going to be losing weight. And uh, my number, <laughs> or the number, I'm looking at 155. So that will be, that will be around a BMI of around 21. Uh, I think that's kind of where I was when I was in my teenage, young, adult years. So, we'll see. But so far, you know, it's definitely sustainable. I'm not hungry anymore. I'm not craving food at night. I can, you know, I'm... I'm watching my show, whatever, but I'm not like uh, reaching for popcorn or whatever. So, and I'm enjoying the idea of giving my uh, my body a break regarding the digestive process. So, but the main focus initially, well, slippery, muddy. Yeah, those shoes are not the best traction devices for sure. Um, was... One, about, my, about gluttony, you know, about me eating so much, thinking about food so much. Uh, <coughs> that was one. And also, you know, possibly the mind. Uh, with my meditation practice, you know, thinking about that. So, but the main one was gluttony. Yeah, just this idea of using so much food resources. And then looking at a place where I could try to work on eating less. Oh my goodness, those shoes are caked. Uh, reminds me of my first hike in uh, on the Camino in 2002, where on that climb after rainy whatever, it was so muddy and it was ridiculously, they were ridiculously caked up, my shoes. So this is not quite as bad, but I can feel the extra weight. So... So yeah, that's kind of the idea. And also, you know, the this hedonistic... I guess that, that's another aspect, the hedonistic approach to food about, you know, wanting to get something else. And I like the idea of simplifying it, you know, minimalism even when it comes to food. Just, you know, kind of a staple setup and then repeating it ad nauseum. And I think at one point I'll do a, I'll do a video on YouTube, obviously. 
it'd be me pointing at the camera, pointing at the food, because that's what matters. But in terms of my, uh, like the way I do the, the oatmeal and the way I do those lentils, and then the rice, could be fun. Could be fun to show you all the goodness, goodness I put in there. Oh, and then the salad too. I make a mean salad too. Anywho. Well, that's for that. But that's going along fine, you know. I'm uh, I'm eating a little more between the two meals, you know. Uh, I had bought some cheese, but uh, I've really gone to the peanut butter and then jam. Like I have blueberry jam that I'm using. Yes, partly for the anthocyanins. Yeah, photochemical, phytochemicals, yeah, fighting uh, plants that help defend the plant against uh, whatever for its survival. And uh, so, yeah, been been having some of that more. The bread is very, it's a your commercial, it's not Mrs. Baird's, but it's not too far. But it's at least, uh, it's uh, 100% whole grain. So... Yeah, and then, like I said, I'm definitely not impressed with uh, the bread in in south of Spain. That's uh, definitely, if that's your saying, then I would stick to the north. Galicia's awesome bread. Uh, neither does Castilla Leon. I don't know about Barcelona, but uh, Galicia. That from from where I've been, I haven't been to all of them. I've been Extremadura, been Castilla Leon. Uh, well, Barcelona is not reflective of the entire Catalonia, so I don't know. But uh, yeah, mo- most uh, most places and Galicia has the best bread, bar none, from my standpoint, from my humble opinion. Anywho, well, that's for that. We can turn the page and move on. But uh, that's fun. It's an ongoing fun experiment. And uh, now, on to activism. I have used a word before. And I guess rightly so, because when I was convinced, you know, when I came uh, came back from the six months at the Cushy Institute, I really felt changed. And I was. And I had those ideas. And I was so excited about, you know, contributing something to society, you know, my gift, you know. And, uh, you know, of course, my relation with food and more of late with nutrition. So the idea of uh, approaching food on a more holistic base instead of hedonistic was definitely the platform I was interested in promoting. And so 2013, you know, fall of 2013, after a beautiful drive through New England coming down, the foliage is amazing. And, you know, going back to Texas and, uh, you know, I find something. It was amazing, you know, plant-based food. You know, I was learning about... Actually, I'd met Neil Barnard, not knowing who he was, became he came. He came once at the Cushy Institute, more than likely to get a rest. It's a very quiet space, great place to come and rest. <laughs> and even Glenda knew more, if I'm not mistaken, at the time. Anyway, some people, of course, knew who he was and... You know, it's kind of a superstar in a plant-based culture. And uh, so I was, I was, I became activist, activist. You know, there was, of course, the idea of compassion too toward animals, which was my, uh, my main drive. You know, there was, of course, the environment. And, you know, now, now I was, as I was learning and delving more into nutrition, it was about health, human health. So... It became this perfect storm, you know, 
but I don't want to digress and get lost. Yeah, uh, I don't want to get lost in the weeds here. Um, really, I, I want to chat about activism and how that's something more and more uh, that to me becomes a red flag. You know, this certainty, you know. People are so adamant. I was uh, listening to this podcast about this ocean oceanographer, ocean oceanographer, and she's well known and she's a uh, work for the National Geographic. Anyhow, I never heard of her before. Actually, I don't even remember her name. But listening to her and uh, <laughs> makes me think of Ramdas. Something he used to say, you know, to somebody with a hammer, everything is a nail or potential nail. And so you have all those fields, you know, you, you can have uh, about cancer, about bone health, about neurons, you know, about uh, uh, muscular, musculature. So, and that's just limiting to the body. Then you go to nature. Then you can go to looking at permaculture, you're looking at, you know, uh, uh, animal husbandry, uh, architecture, uh, clothing, um, oil, energy, I mean, you name it. So you have all those fields. And you know, in all those fields, you have some people who are really, really, really concentrating, you know, the energy into a specific topic to, to develop it, to better understand it. And it's wonderful. But how many of those do you have? You know, how many of those within a society do you have of those people who are so dedicated And of course, part of that dedication is a certain amount of conviction. You know, it's not, yeah, it's interesting, let's do it. It's like, I am really passionate and interested. And within that passion, there are biases. You know, there are things which have nothing to do with culture. One could be somebody really focusing on cancer because his mother or his sister died when he was young and it really affected him. And then he wanted to do something about that. So there are many things coming into play. You know, it's not philanthropic. I don't actually... I don't even think there needs to be such a word, philanthropy. Because I think... Interesting, I saw somebody was coming behind me running. Uh, I don't know what's up there. And uh, because we can only do what, you know, we can do. They, I really don't think we have a lot of rooms here, wiggle room. So, you know, the idea of that person is a philanthropist, you know, he's a nice person because of that. No, I think most of it is selfishly driven. And you just can't help being who you are. And you can't help your history. And anywho, all of those things. So, along with that conviction, conviction which turns to fanaticism from our standpoint in terms of ideology... You know, because then everything becomes a, a, a nail. You know, you have your hammer. So you're looking at using that hammer. Because if you don't have nails, what's the point of you having that hammer? But you really like your hammer and you really want to use it. So you look for nails. And then you define your world around that limited scope. You know, the forest for the trees. So you're looking at one tree. And again, beautiful, you know. You may learn amazing things. But there is this... This thing that I find interesting, the, the gray area, you know, the no here, neither there, you know, no, no black and white. No, this is right and this is wrong, you know. 
And this is what you should do. I mean, you're going to hear very easily in a conversation with somebody who has conviction, who is an activist, that they know what should happen. And to me, that's crazy, that stance. To believe that, to actually believe that, to be convinced that you know. When there are so many movable pieces, you know, heck, one person can figure his own life, his or her own life, but yet we'll talk about what the human species, you know, what the planetary health is, what it involves, and actually what it is, you know. I don't know. I think maybe that's one of the limits of the human mind, that you are not capable of encompassing all of those things. And one thing that makes me excited, it does, about artificial intelligence, about that artificial enhancement, you know, to, to update that human software to something more complex that we can't. We can't bridge that gap. We can, oh, I'm actually... Okay, at the bottom here. All right, that was faster than I thought. Let's see if I can keep going down. And uh, what do we have here? Casero, El Bartolome, El Pradillo, El Pradi, El Pradillo, El Pradri, El El, pa, el Pradillo, Pradillo. Why it cost me? Caserio, El Caserio, Caserio, El Pradillo, Bartolome. Prada, uh, it's like a camp. Oh, Inicio Senderos, Jabalcus del Pincho, Cresta, Cresta del Diablo. Cresta del Diablo, wow, that's uh, the devil's peak. <laughs> the, cre the crest. So, I guess we're going to keep going for a while here. Let's see. And uh, yesterday I was thinking about that too, and I, uh, well, it didn't stay with me, but here it is now. That it's so hard to not come to a conclusion where you're right about something, you know? Where you know. It is so hard not to be pushed in that direction or whatever, that, a slippery slope, which is so hard to, uh, to avoid. Are those blackberries? Kind of looks like it, huh? Oh, yeah, blackberries, all right, yeah. So, <laughs> this silly thought, which is not true, but I know, I like it. I think it's cute. It's like the more I listen to uh, activists, vegan activists, you know, the, the more uh, animal product I, I indulge in, you know, which is not true. But it's like, it's really annoying. It's pedantic. It's condescendent. It's really, you know, it's like, we know. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You know, you have a belief, you know. Could we, could we move from I know to I believe, you know, to, 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 to take it, to, to take our own knowledge with a grain of salt, yeah? Anywho, I don't know, it's just interesting how those things just uh, stand out, yeah? Esas cosas, es gracioso como esas cosas destacan. You know, de una manera más de recién, digamos. Yeah, more recently. They've just, they just been standing out more. I'll get something in my shoe, a little bit of gravel. I have uh, got into the habit of keeping my shoes loose, tight around the ankle, but loose around the footbed and the rest. 
because you don't need to be tied there if you're not running. If you're running, you're running barefoot anyway. Anywho. So. And I guess that comment is... Oh, it's uh, the strip mining. Uh, is that what you call it when you do it from above? So they're going into that, uh, yeah, that hill or mountain, whatever, and they're just shaving it off. I mean, you know, even... Actually, you know, while Ramdas, there is an element, uh, a dimension of relativism, which is more and more developed than anybody else that I know of. And of course, you know, my register is not that ample, ample, but still. Um, there's that element, you know, that everything is okay. That, you know, don't, don't sweat it. This is not what's important, you know. Yeah, you have what you care about, you have what you fear, you have the luggage that you have. But you know, it, that's not really going anywhere. You know, you're not going to resolve that. All right, guys, I can go uh, left or I can go right. And it looks like, let me see what it tells me here. Wow, this is so, there's so much to, uh, okay, here. The trail, El Pincho, Cresta del Diablo, e Jabalcuz. I'm gonna go left, yeah? A little bit, then I'm gonna turn around anyway. Because that's gonna make, that's gonna make for about a, a two hours, two good hours of, uh, and that's uh, resistance training. And I've added weight because I felt like my pack was light, so I don't know, it must be like between 20 and 30 pounds now. That I'm wearing, but anywho, this relativism—I think I find it so healthy, so so relaxing. Where you can really, you know, you can go into, you can talk about what you believe, but there is uh, there is the absence of trying to convince, whether you're even aware of it or not, that you're trying to influence somebody else. But that stuff gets rid of it because you don't take it that seriously. So, anywho, ah, it's Monday, going at it, huh? Yeah, we're all gonna make a living. Amen, brother. So, yeah, that's something that I'm interested in more and more. You know, and it is tricky. It is, uh, it is very, very hard for me to, uh, outside of languages, you know, to find podcasts that I'm like blown away. Actually, yeah, that doesn't happen in a while. I just, like, I really enjoy the latest Italian podcast I stumble upon. Beautiful voice, uh, great contextual lesson. So meaning uh, she's not teaching the grammar, she's just telling you a story. And she's good, too. I don't know if she scripts it or what, but anyway, awesome voice, clear. Uh, and the, the, the context, everything. So that was awesome when I found that. But in terms of English podcast or even French, even French. I just, uh, I mean, I haven't looked too, too much. Maybe I should go back to RFI, which is a French news. Maybe if, maybe they are updating. But it's hard, you know. And at the same time, it's like, well, no big deal. Then why do I keep looking? Why don't I just put the fucking phone down? You know, 
because I do enjoy I do enjoy the stimulation and I, I don't know that's a supposition I guess that you know being kind of a on the outskirt of society, on the marge of on the margins of society, it's also one way, like I can think of ritual, where uh, you know I stay abreast a little bit, and I do, I do, I still want to, you know, to stay in touch a little bit with uh, American culture, and maybe I should look for another one for that, but a short one. Oop. Well, I don't know how loud it's getting, but uh, I'm gonna go around that curve and turn around here. Oh, there is a gentleman taking a morning uh, constitutional too. Anywho, so wanting to see what's around that corner. Sorry, I have no idea how loud uh, that stripping machine. Well, it looks like fancy stuff. Huh? <laughs> well, that's good enough. Anywho, so I think that's good for today, guys. Ah, felt good. So, yeah, a thought about relativism, you know, about being passionate without being right. One of my favorite uh, man-made quote. Yes, I made it. Wow, I mean, as far as I know, yeah, being passionate without being right. And something that I keep working on, and that's going to take me (laughs) a long time to make it a habit, shall we say. So... Uh, wishing you a beautiful day and uh, wherever, whatever you're doing. Hola, ciao. And uh, until the next time.